Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Okay, wait, what was that again? Autonomous sensory meridian response. And can you explain to me with your voice again what... (laughs) I'm just going to find you Okay. It's People so fall asleep to that? Yeah. I don't soothing. understand how that's soothing. That drives me absolutely insane. Me too. Who finds it soothing? Children? Okay. Teenagers. So- People have said it's basically feel is like the amazing chills you get when someone plays with your hair or traces your back with their fingertips. This is the feeling they also get with ASMR. So... Mm, let's find this video. Let's give you an sa- example of the sounds. Manscaped. I mean, guys, what is there to say about Manscaped that you haven't already heard me say before? Manscaped is the world's leading number one grooming service, which ensures that you can take care of all of your area just like that. And this is Manscaped's amazing Waterproof electric trimmer. He's just whispering. And people get off on that? Excuse me. Here's more. No. That's what they do. Ew. I don't like it. No. I hate it. Um, Uh, I'm not a fan of it. No, I don't understand it. And... Um, I would rather listen to the rain when I go to sleep and yes. the thunder. And I, I woke up last night and I thought I heard thunder. Did you hear no, that? No, I don't think it was even raining today or last night. Do you remember drug wars on the calculators? On the like graphing calculators, there's this game you could play that like you no. sold and bought drugs. Oh, vaguely, Do you remember that? Vaguely. And like you wanted to buy low, sell high or kind of like that? Yeah. That's all you did, like in Math Nine. Instead of doing math, you'd play Drug Wars. I remember Snake. No, like on your phone. Yeah, that's what I played on my graphing calculator. Really? I don't remember that Drug Wars. Uh, scroll up. See trench coat, oh. buy sell, jet, see loan shark, visit bank. Is that all it's gonna show us? What made you think of that? The graphing I saw calculator? the graph. I saw the graphing calculator. It was my favorite part of math. Was just playing drug wars. Yeah, yeah. What kind of drugs did you sell? I can't remember. Let's see. Heroin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and they came with these games, right? No, you had to like download it. It didn't. They didn't sell it with drug wars on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did we download games onto our uh, calculators? I don't know. I don't remember how we. I remember you could even like load answers to a question like multiple choice answers and have all the answers on your calculator so like if you had a math test in a block you could 
write down all the que- like write down all your answers and then share mm. it with someone in who has the test in C block. Smart. Not that I ever did that. I don't remember ever cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember it or you didn't do it? I actually did. Cheat don't once. you remember those see-through binders? They made like clear like the yeah, and then you try to like put your answers just inside and like yeah. I got busted by um, what was that teacher with the like really white, blonde hair, Mrs. Perella? Or no, it wasn't her. It was that really mean, spelling teacher, English teacher. You had a in, spelling teacher in, in um one of the portables. So that would have been elementary school oh. with the short hair. She was so mean. She told me that I was like illiterate. At Rutherford? Yeah. What grade? I like, you remember how we had to do those? It was like yearly. Mrs. Strauken? Strauken? Mm, Mrs. Strauken. Maybe. That has to be. There's only like one. We had to do those yearly like tests that the whole country did, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like placement tests, kind of. yeah. Yeah. And I did really bad. <laughs> she thought you were illiterate in grade She seven. just, I think she like put me down or something. Like, you'll never make it. Or like, you, yeah. She <laughs> Give just, up now. <laughs> pretty much. But she That's was That's inspiring to- as a teacher. That's just such inspiring attitude. I love it. I know. I can't wait to um, run mm, into her again. Rude. And show her all the cool things I've been doing <laughs> with my show life. <laughs> in your face, Mrs. Strachan. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Okay. Hi, Darla. Hi, Kezia. <laughs> also, this is Radio Face Stories. The podcast. Yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you guys are joining us for the first time ever, um, just stick it out. Give us a chance. <laughs> <laughs> if you're returning for the fourth or 27th time. We appreciate you. Yes. And we will continue to give you the goods. Monday to Friday, seven days a week, <laughs> 17 times a year. That's a lot. <laughs> Maybe only like eight. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, Darla's got I'm something. About, ooh, it says warning. Would you rather go without shampoo for the rest of your life or toothpaste without toothpaste for the rest of your life? Shampoo. Same. You just, I mean, you just dread that shit, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to wash your dreads. No. You just rinse I your I would look ridiculous water. with dreads. Oh, my. I can't even <laughs> picture it. It's so awful. And I have, like, no hair, so it would just be the worst. <laughs> it would be like a rat tail. Just oh, one Like three dread. rat. Three rat tails. Three, three dreads. Three rats. <laughs> three blind mice. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, don't do that. Would you rather never get tired or never have to go to the bathroom? I would never have to go to the bathroom. You like being tired all the time? No, you would just be normal. Right? Where do all where does all your stuff go? Do you just absorb it back into your body? I guess. Gross. What's your answer? Uh No, probably the same because yeah, what would you do while everybody's sleeping and you're just like, doo-doo-doo? You would just go to bed. You lay there wide awake and you, ugh, you'd you watch TikTok for like eight hours straight. And that, well, you would wants. sleep. You just Not sleep. if you're never tired. Why would you, you sleep? You would still go to sleep. No, you would I would. That's weird. Why would you do that? How would you do that if you weren't tired? 
Because it's good for you. You would know that you, your body needs rest, so you would just go to sleep. I There's no way if I'm not tired that I can sleep. I really? Can, I, I have a hard time going to sleep when I am tired, but if I wasn't tired, <laughs> see ya. Really? Yeah. I would... I can sleep anytime, anywhere, any place. That's because you are tired, but not if you're not tired. I think I'd still force myself to sleep. <laughs> Just for the act of sleeping because you yes. enjoy it so much? And I would make sure I get a solid eight. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather be someone's pet goldfish or a wild lizard? That is so dumb. <laughs> Answer the question. Um, a wild lizard, because at least you're out and about, like, being stuck in... But you're also, like, more likely to get murdered by other... That's the chance I would take for being free. <laughs> Freedom! What would you say? I think probably the same. I give you a hard time each one, but I'm usually the same as you. <laughs> would you rather bonk your head all the time <laughs> or stub your toe all the time? Okay. I was going to say no way, because I... I get like irrationally angry when I bump my head. Like it, tr- it sent like something happened to me, and I'm so mad that I bumped my head. But the last time I stubbed my toe, I broke it. So oh. that's like fresh in my mind yes. still. When you say stub your toe, so yeah. I think I'm still leaning towards stub my toe. I do not like bumping my head. <laughs> it is the worst. I fucking like. Have you ever gotten out of the car and like bumped your head on the door, like as you go? Um, I. I probably have done that. I've done that so many times, and every time I know it's going to be a bad day after that because yeah, nothing gets better. I can't. <laughs> That's the worst. Or like, I've hit my head in the trunk. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. Would you rather, I've got a good one, <clears throat> always forget your keys every time you get in your car, <laughs> yeah. or always step on a piece of Lego every time you get out of the shower? <laughs> And like every time it's like, oh, fuck the leg, the fucking Lego. Like you're surprised each time you yes. do it. <laughs> and it happens every time. Get in the car. And you don't what have your fuck? keys. What the fuck? Where's my keys? <laughs> every uh, time. I'm going to go with the Lego. Oh, man. Like the trip you have to make to go back in and find your oh, keys is so, so stressful. Annoying. The amount of times. That I lock myself out of my house with the keys in there because my door um, is just one of those like little twist locks. Yeah. So I lock it from the inside. Luckily, most of the time my landlords are home. Jesus. Um, or I have a window that I've left open. But before I just left the one open, I had to break in through three different windows three separate times. Luckily, one of them was always open. And I even hid a key, a spare key, outside of my house because this is such a normal thing. And I can't find the f- spare key. <laughs> you lost a spare key? I don't know where it is. I hid it somewhere. Oh, that. Oh, so you, that you don't remember where you hid it? No, I can't find it. <laughs> it's a nightmare. That's great. So I don't know how is to that, fix that problem. Like, were you like that as a kid or is this like because you're getting old? Um, I would lock my keys in my car a lot. So you've always been like this. Yeah. So I ended up putting on my old car, I had a spare key on the outside of my car, like behind the license plate. Would you rather have (laughs) your nose on your butt or your vagina on your face? Okay. (laughs) Obviously my nose on my butt. Can you imagine what that smells like all day? Well, like where on your butt? Like right in there. Like I would just plug it. 
<laughs> Dude, a vagina on your face? That's pretty I mean, up. if you had a beautiful vagina, then I mean, it's fine. No, it's still no. No. Like, is no. it in place of your nose? <laughs> your nose is now a vagina? Well, actually, it's wrong. It should be vulva, if you want to get into technical terms, because you can't see your vagina. Your vulva. Is it a like an open orifice or just like the lips? <laughs> These are things I need to know. I can't even answer that. Okay. Whatever you want. I don't know. Okay. What's your answer? No, I'll do the nose. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> I had one more that's really good, but I can't think. Is that something that you've always suffered from or just being older? Older. <laughs> My brain doesn't work the same. I know. What's up with that? Okay. Are we going to start our podcast? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You ready for this? Yep. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, my goodness. Go. Oh, you won. I win. Yeah. I always this do. This is no best of whatever seven. It's always just Kezia wins. Fuck off. <laughs> it should just be called that rock, paper, Kezia wins. <laughs> okay. Also, I'm... I did say this earlier, but I'm surprised that we've never done the same story because we don't discuss our stories. Right. And so far, it's not happened. Well, while I was doing this story, the whole time I was like, I think I've done this before. Really? Just because I know the story, it's interesting to me. So I think I've read it before and listened to some of the other podcasts about it. So when I was writing it, I'm like, I think I've already done this. And it freaked me out that maybe you had done it. Oh, but I guess maybe we'll not. find out. <laughs> I guess we will. I mean, we haven't done that many episodes to no. like forget. And we kind of really choose really different things. I, I think, know. For the most part. I mean, I think that works in our favor. Sure. Okay. This is the story of Mark Twitchell, the Dexter killer. Ooh. Have you heard of him? I have heard of this one. Okay. This is a good story. Mark Andrew Twitchell is a Canadian filmmaker who was convicted of first degree murder in April 2011 for the murder of John Brian Altinger. This murder was allegedly inspired by the TV show Dexter. Have you ever watched that? Sorry. I've watched, I think, the first couple episodes, but I never really got into it. I've never watched it. None at all. Nope. I've heard like people that like it really like it, so... I should give it a try. Maybe I should... Yeah, we should give it another, another try. Mark Twitchell was born July 4th, 1979. He's only five years older than us. That is neat. Right? Um, he was born in Edmonton, Alberta. And from a young age, Mark dreamed of making blockbuster movies. He graduated from the radio and television program at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology in 2000. In 2007, he directed a Star Wars film called Star Wars Secrets of Rebellion, which was a full-length prequel set a few days prior to the original film release. Mark actually managed to get a cameo from Jeremy Bullock, who was known for his role as Boba Fett. I don't know who that is, but okay. He's a character. In Boba, Fat? Boba, Boba Fett? Boba Fett? Boba Fett. Is that like one word? No, two. Did you ever watch Star Wars? No. I don't know. I think it was, he was in the original ones. Is I he don't like know. a fat alien? No, I think he's just a dude. Oh, he's a dude? Okay, I don't know. He's a Jedi. Don't oh, quote me on that. I won't. Let's fact check so <laughs> we don't sound like idiots. I'm not a Star Wars person. No offense to people that are, but... Um, yeah, I'm not either, but I just haven't really watched it. He was one of the most feared bounty hunters in the galaxy. Ah, he's a bounty hunter. Bounty okay. hunter. 
The film was never released. So they shot it and I think got stuck in post-production. He also scripted another film. And in September 2008, Mark shot a short horror film called House of Cards at a garage he rented in the south end of Edmonton. Mark went on the website Plenty of Fish, posing as a woman, to attempt to lure in single men to be part of his film. He met a man named... Okay, I gotta ask you. (laughs) Is this Gillies or Got Giles? (laughs) <laughs> Giles? I don't, it's not Gillies There's, no, there's two L's though Gilles He made a whole fucking novel on that Jesus Gilles, Gilles. It's not Gillies <laughs> Or Giles <laughs> Man Just butchering <laughs> names Left, right, and center <laughs> What was it? Giles. Gills? Do you remember? Gills. Isn't this fucking guy again? Jesus. It's pretty straightforward to say Gilles. Gilles. He told you. It's fucking straightforward. Gilles. Okay. It's like French Jill. Okay. Gilles. Yeah. He met, he met a man named Gilles Tetriol, a computer contractor who was expecting to go on a date with a young woman named Sheena. Sheena had told him to park in the alley and come into the garage. First of all, why would you do that? That's a red fucking flag. Huge. I don't care if you're a girl or a boy, whatever you are. If someone asks you to park and come in (laughs) and you haven't ever met them before? Yeah. Please don't do that. Don't ever do that, guys. This is your warning right here. That's right. We can't be friends if you're going to do shit like that. <laughs> no. Okay? We cannot be responsible for what happens to you if you do something dumb like that. Yeah. We're done. No offense to this person at all. No, full offense. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, maybe he was just looking for love, okay? We don't know what his reasons were. Okay. So, upon entry to the garage, Gilles was attacked by a man in a hockey mask with a stun baton. What is this? Like a police? I think thing? it's some sort of taser device. Jesus. Yes. Wearing a hockey mask. Like, could you get any more original? And like, he was, rec- was he recording this? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Let's. Sorry, I go. I believe. Um. After a violent struggle, Gilles escaped. He ran down the road, and Mark chased after him. Fuck. And apparently, neighbors saw the two. And he just stopped and and said that they were just messing around. Later in court, Gilles said he didn't report the attack because he was embarrassed. Which yeah, he should have been. (laughs) Oh well, for sure. But I mean, but report it. He should have gone to the police because possibly could have stopped this next incident from happening. So, I guess Mark. This didn't scare Mark from you know packing packing it up. I would be shit scared. I'd be like, this guy's going to the police. Uh, I fucked up. Like, maybe I I'd should leave do town. This. Yeah. Leave South Ed. <laughs> but I think it was only a few days that went by. And um, so he just decided to give it another shot. In October 2008, 38-year-old oil field equipment operator, John Brian Altinger, known to his friends as Johnny, interacted with Mark on Plenty of Fish as well. On October 10th, Johnny told his friends he had planned to meet with a woman he had been chatting with 
online. And again, Mark Twitchell posed as a woman to lure him into the kill room set up in his garage film studio. Apparently in the garage, there was like a, a big stainless steel table, like a cutting table, his film equipment. There wasn't much in there, but it definitely was like creepy kill room kind of setup. Again, asked him to park in the alley and go into the garage. So upon entering, Mark bludgeoned Johnny and stabbed him several times to death, then cut him up, partially burned him, and then dumped his remains in the garbage in garbage bags into a, a storm sewer. Oh my god. Yeah. Johnny's friends became suspicious and concerned after he disappeared. They had received an email from John saying his date was taking him on an extended vacation to Costa Rica. <laughs> Like, I would be very concerned if... You should be. Yeah. (laughs) That's... If you went on a date one time, and then... We didn't see you again. Yeah. But... And then we get an email, like, you're going on a trip. Gone to Costa Rica, all expense paid for my plenty of fish friend. Yeah. Nope. 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 Hard no. Um, And he also emailed his work with a resignation letter. But there was no instructions on where to with an address to send his final check, so that was super suspicious as well. So his friends decided to break into into his condo. Those are great friends. Um, they break into his condo where they find his passport and no signs that any clothes were packed for a trip. So they were like, okay, this is not, this is not right. And a homicide investigation was soon launched by the Edmonton police. Jeez. So Mark wasn't initially a suspect, but he had been brought in for questioning. He told police he met John before he went to Costa Rica, saying that John had sold him his car. It was worth probably about $10,000, a Mazda 6, to Mark for $40. <laughs> Did he, he actually went to Costa Rica? No, he was dead. Oh, I see. Sorry, he said that he met him met him bef- after co- before, before he went to Costa Rica. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, to buy his car off of him for forty bucks. For forty bucks. Right. So upon hearing this, the police are like, "Uh, okay, that's a bullshit story." <laughs> and then apparently he made up some other stories too, and they were just like, "No, like this guy is a bad, bad liar." He must think everybody's like he. He must think he's so much smarter than everybody. Totally. <laughs> So the police don't believe him, and they impound his car and laptop. And so while he's in custody, they go through his car. And sure enough, they find John Altinger's blood in the trunk of his car. This guy's a terrible murderer. He is so bad. Like, <laughs> Is that what Dexter's like? Well, appara- no. Dexter, apparently Dexter, um, I never watched I the show. I thought he was like a vigilante. Vigilante, okay. yeah. He like killed murderers. Right. And obviously, he was good at it because there's, I don't know how many seasons of him getting away with it. Right. This guy clearly has no idea what he's doing. I kind of Didn't plan it at all. Well, plan it properly. So then, okay, so police arrested Mark on October 31st, 2008. And then the same day, he was charged with first-degree murder for the murder of John Altinger. So one of the main pieces of evidence was a document that they found on his computer and it was a deleted document that he didn't actually properly delete but it was basically a script about this murder so it was entitled sk confessions which um, is believed to mean 
serial killer confessions. And the first, the beginning passage reads this. This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. (laughs) And apparently he changed the names um, by like one letter. Like they were, it wasn't a completely different name. Did he change his name? Um, I think it was like something close to Mark. Isn't he the guilty one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's Mork now. <laughs> Mort. Mort. <laughs> Mort. Um, Mart. So this was like a dead giveaway. It was exactly word for word the accounts of what happened to Gilles Tetranol and John Altinger luring. A man into his garage and murdering him with fake online dating profiles used as bait to the progress of dismembering the body and disposing of the remains. He didn't even try to hide his crimes. He basically, like, documented it and then just gave it to the police. Not intentionally, but you know what I mean? I feel his poor parents. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's not funny because someone died, but this guy is a moron. And apparently his writing was horrible, too. (laughs) Just throwing that in there. During the trial, Mark admitted to killing Johnny and writing the document, but claimed that he acted in self-defense. He told the jury the document was fiction based on fact, as if he had planned Johnny's death deliberately to make up a compelling story. I don't understand that at all. Also, during the trial, Mark's obsession with the show Dexter was noted a lot, and that's how he got the name The Dexter Killer. So there was also another document found on his computer entitled A Profile of a Psychopath, detailing self-analysis of his personality and behavior. But this document wasn't presented in trial, but it was released afterwards. So you can actually go online and read this, his, the script, this document of um, the murder. And I believe this other one as well. He thinks so highly of himself. Oh, he sh- right? I'm sure he does. He's his own biggest fan. <laughs> He's a wannabe movie maker. Yikes. Um, so I'm, I won't... Re- there, I'll quote one thing from the, fr- from the Confessions of a Serial Killer. I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like I was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Compelling, right? <laughs> Gilles Trenault testified in court, and, and his accounts of the attack were exactly as Mark had written them in the document. The Crown considered adding an attempted murder charge. After, For that first guy, yeah. Yeah, after securing the conviction of the first-degree murder. On April 12, 2011, Mark Twitchell was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison for 25 years without the possibility of parole. Good, good, good. So I believe he that's where he is now, serving his sentence. You should write to him, see if he writes back. Oh, that just reminded me of something I have to tell you Okay. after I, I finish the story. Okay. <laughs> um, so the... Attempted murder charge was dropped. Um, There was a lot of controversy around it. But um, anyways, they decided it wasn't necessary because he was already going to be in prison for life. 
In December 2012, Michael C. Hall, the actor that played Dexter Morgan in the TV show, was interviewed on a Canadian radio show. And he stated he didn't think Dexter supported the lifestyle of serial killers. And he said, I hope that people's appreciation was more than some sort of fetishization with kill scenes. I wouldn't stop making Dexter because someone was fascinated by it only in that way. I try to tell myself that their fixated nature would have done it one way or the other, but it seems that Dexter had something to do with it. It's horrifying. In May 2013, Mark had purchased a television for his prison cell and had caught up on every Dexter episode that he had missed since he was arrested and convicted. Good for him. <laughs> I don't know why they would allow that. I don't know. I guess I think you can like you do jobs in the prison for money and then you can use it for whatever. Oh, okay. I, guess. I don't know. But that's I mean, it's like you're supposed to be rehabilitating him not giving him more of like more his Dexter. own medicine. Yeah. Gilles Chenault made several media appearances, including um, the show I Survived, The Fifth Estate, and there's a show called Dates from Hell, which I'm curious. That sounds good. Watching. (laughs) And he even wrote a book of his firsthand um, accounts of the events called The One Who Got Away. So he went from like, I'm too embarrassed to talk about this to writing a book about it? Yeah. Okay, cashing in, hey? Right? (laughs) Um, There's also been many documentaries and books about this case. And that is the end. That's a good one. Um, What I wanted to tell you is there is, in prison, there's dating sites for prisoners to meet people that are interested in dating them. Isn't that fucked? That is the most twisted thing I've heard. Yeah. No, I knew about this. And that's why, like, there's people out there that, like, marry them. Marry, like, convicted killers and murderers that are going to spend their whole life in prison. Yeah. Isn't that not absolutely bizarre? It's absolutely bizarre. Like how, but I, who, why do you, why is there somebody designed a dating platform for these prisoners? That's what blows my mind. It's like prison Tinder. It's like presenter. Prison, prisoner. Uh, prisoner. <laughs> Plenty of prisoners. There you go. <laughs> what else is there? Bumble. Um, oh, could you turn that into? Crumble. Jumble. Jumble. There's hinge. Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> we should look, um, I don't think this is, I don't think it's something that's in Canada. I think it's the States. Is it? I got my information from Wikipedia, Murderpedia, uh, a YouTube channel called The Casual Criminal. Have you seen that? No. So this guy tells, it's, it was a two-parter. The guy, this guy's friend writes the script and then the guy reads it and uh, then he just kind of makes jokes the whole time. I wasn't sure about him at first, but I actually like it. Cool, the good. Casual Criminal, um, they do all kinds of criminal stories. And then there's also a YouTube channel called The Chapter, which I also watched a little video. Okay, so there is a prisoner dating site in Canada. It's called Canadian Inmates Connect. Oh, very cool. Riveting. It says the goal for this is to connect people who are doing time in jail with people on the outside in hopes that correspondence will make them better people. Hmm. So. Should we... uh... And then there's another site called inmateinc.ca. So it's like a pen pal prisoner thing, dating site. I mean, maybe like being a pen pal with a prisoner would be... Just to like... Interesting, but not dating. No. Okay, break? Break! This episode is sponsored by Teeth.com. <laughs> Use the promo code TCTC. 
to get 75 <laughs> billion free teeth. You can choose. <laughs> That's so stupid. You can choose the age of teeth you want. It can be babies all the way up to elders. <laughs> and call 555-2883 for more free teeth. Bye. We're back on. All right. I just have to say that Darla's daughter made her lunch and said she put extra farts in it. I know. You know what? That's we. I talked to Maya about this. I said, because she'll say something nice or do something nice, but follow it up with something not nice just, just because. So, like, one time she voluntarily cleaned my bathroom and left a little note. It was like, I cleaned your bathroom for you. It looked like it needed it. <laughs> like, backhanded kindness where it's right. like, and so I made your lunch for you. I put extra farts in it. Like, <laughs> and you don't know how to feel about it after. Well, I guess it's just the immaturity of the age. It's maybe. like maturity and immaturity ba- battling each other. Yeah. Right. She's delightful. Okay. I love her. Okay. I'm doing my story on something I don't know if you've ever heard. These are, this is called The Mirror Men. Have you heard of this? No. Um, so it kind of falls under the cryptid alien oh, umbrella. Cool. And it's really hard to find a ton of ex- uh, like encounters with this. So Mirror Men, came, the name came from another podcast, a man named uh, Derek Hayes. He's the host of Monster uh, Monsters Among Us. Mm-hmm. And he kind of made that name, the Mirror Men. They've been called uh, the trio and other things like that. But All right, so it's a relatively new phenomenon in which three uh, similar-looking men, usually tall, very tall, very thin men and with really odd facial features are seen and these men are observed to move in a synchronized fashion as if they were mirror images of them of each other so all of their movements are the same at the same time whenever they're moving Creepy. and usually with these encounters uh people there's a loss of time happens as well like i think in one of your ufo sightings that that happened as mm-hmm. well right mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so I'm going to read three different encounters about these mirrored men. Okay. All right, this is, I'm reading someone else's encounter. It was August 2005 in Plainfield, Indiana. The witness lived in a highly developed housing neighborhood. The man was staying up late watching television when he suddenly felt compelled to look out the window of his second-story unit. This was around 4.20 in the morning. So he rose from his bed and peeked out Uh, from behind the blinds, and that's when he saw across the street, underneath the streetlight, three entities walking. There was a tall one and a shorter one in the middle. He he noticed that they were skinny and long limbs, that they had long limbs and slightly larger heads than humans, and they walked in a strange manner. The oddest thing about the experience was that the exact second he looked out the blinds, the entities turned their heads slowly and stared at him, as if they knew that he'd be looking out the window. They... The thing about them was that they weren't walking side by side, most like regular people do. They were walking in a single file, and they walked like in a mechanical zombie manner almost. Their heads appeared to be dangling a bit from their neck, and he couldn't make any specific facial details or color of their skin. So they kept staring at the witness as they walked, and he just stared right back until eventually they went out of sight behind a row of houses, and that's when and the witness couldn't see them anymore. And he moved away from the window, and suddenly 
for some inexplainable reason, his legs gave out and he fell to the floor and he couldn't use his legs. And he crawled to his bed and began to panic, basically. He still couldn't move his legs and he thought he had a feeling like, if I fall asleep right now, I'll never wake up, was how he felt. Oh my goodness. Uh, He contemplated calling his older sister or even 911, but he decided not to after things settled down a little bit and he was able to regain the use of his legs and had nothing else happened after that. But he shared this story after hearing other people talk about seeing these entities. Whoa. Like other people, like he looked online and saw that other people had seen? Yep. I know that a couple of the like podcasts have uh, they've asked for like stories of it and then people will call, it, call in their encounters. So this is a separate um, person. The second witness, his encounter happened when he was a kid. He lived in a brand new house on a street where the houses were just being built and there was lots of dirt lots where the houses hadn't started being built yet. After being living in the house for about a year, he remembers it being summertime because it was, he said late spring or summer because it was super hot and he was sleeping in his bedroom and suddenly he was awake and felt that compelled, felt this urge to look out the window again, like something's making him do this. And this was around two in the morning. From the window, he could see down the road right to the corner. He saw three figures walking away from his house about 200 to 300 yards away. He couldn't get a good view of their faces or or what they actually looked like, but he noticed that they walked in unison, constantly moving but very slowly. Suddenly they stopped at the same time that he had looked out the window and started to crane their heads and look directly at him. Whoa. They knew he was watching them, and he just kept staring, and he felt like this super tense moment, and then all of a sudden it went blank. He didn't pass out, but he felt like he'd blinked for a long time, and when he opened his eyes, it was 9 a.m. What? It was sunlight, it was daylight, and he was still kneeling at the window because he had been kneeling when he peeked out. He's still just kneeling there. Whoa. He had lost seven hours. That is so crazy. What would you do? I mean, I would probably, yeah, try to reach out and see if this happened to other people. Like, it doesn't, it's not something you could probably really explain. No. And all of these encounters that I'm reading, you you can find on podcasts and you can hear the person reading them. And there's something about hearing the actual person, you know, the emotion in their voice. And some of them are really uncomfortable talking about it. And you can tell that, like, the one guy's was going to take this story to his grave, he said, until he realized that there was other people that have witnessed this. And are these stories from around the world? Are they all kind of in the same? They're uh, they're Canada and the United States. Oh, no, one was Australia. There's Australia. The third witness, this third story. So this witness was a deer hunter. He was a very skilled hunter, very experienced in this. So he went to go hunting, and he was all prepared. He even washed his he says before he hunts he washes his body with like unscented soap he uses non-smelling detergent so he cannot be detected by animals Mm -hmm. Uh, he had a tree stand so it's a special thing that goes up the tree about 15 feet and you know sit up there for a while and you can hunt game so he had went through all of his normal hunting regime Mm -hmm. and he had gotten up up the tree 15 feet and he said the thing about the forest is animals know when you're there no matter how stealthy you are, how quiet you are, they know. And the, when, when you're moving in the woods, the woods go quiet. So he said he was up in his tree stand about 45 minutes before the woods went back to their normal sounds and live. He says it's loud, lots, lots of animals. It's very lively when they don't think you're there. Crazy. 
Because they can just sense you. Yeah, and so that they're going in defense mode. They're protecting themselves. Suddenly, he caught the sight of three shapes stalking through the woods. They moved slow, almost like a predator that stalks its prey. Initially, he thought they were another hunting party, but they weren't wearing proper gear like a high-visibility vest, and which is crazy and like suicide during hunting season. You have to wear something like that. So he watched these figures, and he suddenly realized that the forest was still noisy. So these men are, these figures are walking, moving in the forest. Undetected. And undetected by the animals. Whoa. So he said, it doesn't matter how stealth or quiet you are, the animals know you're there. But these figures were able to move through without being detected by them. It was then that he saw how synced they were. Every single motion was mirrored perfectly and so slowly it was like they were moving through jello. That's so creepy. When they reached a bit of a clearing, he was able to see their faces. They were dressed identically and looked like they were wearing old-fashioned tweed suits. So he raised... That's like what I picture when I think of them. I picture like... Do, do they have hats? It doesn't say. Okay. I picture them with hats and like like tweed long coats or something. Isn't that... Ugh. So he raised his gun to use the scope to see them better because it has the big magnifying scope. And he said the second he did this, the entire forest went quiet. He hadn't made a noise, but he looked at, through the scope, and that at that moment, they started to turn their heads to look at him. Oh, my And Lord. the forest went quiet. Oh, my Lord. That's terrifying. So it said, yeah, the forest went quiet, and the three had stopped moving. They were slowly turning their heads at the same time, like they shared one brain. They looked right at him up in his little tree stand, and he could see their faces. They just looked wrong. The shape of the eyes and the spacing between the features was, was just off. Their mouth was was long and reminded him of a bullfrog. Ew, dar. As soon as they locked eyes with him up there, it suddenly went dark. When he opened his eyes, he was no longer in his tree stand. He was on the ground. He says the tree stand is a type of, it's a climbing tree stand, so you have to climb up with it and climb down with it to get to get up and down the tree. So the only way he could get to the ground with his, was falling because his tree stand was still up there, but he was not hurt, not, a br- not anything, not hurt at all. His gun was stuck into the ground, the, the butt end up, like it had fallen just right from the tree stand or like it had been poked into the ground. Whoa. He looked up, he looked at his watch and it was 11.15 at night and he had lost eight hours. That is so crazy. He had no pain, no headache, nothing. He couldn't have fallen 15 feet. He was so spooked that he just ran to his truck. He left. He left all of his gear and just left. And the next day, he got a, a buddy to come with him, help him get his stuff. And his buddy was laughing at him, saying, how did you even get down from there without it? Why did? How would you forget it? And Because he didn't want to tell him. He, that's the guy that said, I was going to take this story to the grave. Wow. And that one, that was my favorite encounter, actually. If you listen to that guy, like, there's parts where he act, you can tell how afraid he was. And, like, yeah, hard was, for him to talk about. Yeah. Was his stuff still there? Yep, his stuff was yeah. still there. That's so creepy. So what do you think? It's like alien? I don't know. Like if these are all we're like um true you know, when you when you when you did that episode on sleep paralysis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like maybe somewhere in that vortex even. What's odd to me is that there's more than one encounter where there's not identical stories but enough similarities and there's like hundreds of these? Not there's not a, this this is three, there's more than 3, mm-hmm. but there's not a ton. Mhm. And like it, it said, it's a fairly new phenomenon. So, wow. 
Very interesting. Yeah, creepy. Yeah. I was I couldn't even find pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. Um there's some drawing sort of things, but nothing like just people's yeah, um sketches of what they think they saw. It was it's very odd. That's very cool, Darla. I like that. Be interested to yeah, hear those stories or read more about it for sure. What weirds you out the most? The fact that you'd see these things moving mirrored and they look at you as soon as you notice them <laughs> or losing eight hours like nothing i mean that the loss of time that would freak that would freak me out for sure losing eight hours but i think <laughs> there's something about like three heads turning towards you at the exact same time that is like probably the creepiest thought yeah. of the whole thing especially the one in the forest where it's like as soon as he looks at them they stop moving and the forest goes quiet. That's creepy. That would be pretty terrifying. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if initially these entities know that the person is there or not. Well, in the first two, they both of them were drawn to look out the window. They were mm-hmm. compelled, woken up, or all of a sudden felt the need to do this. So it's almost like they were drawn to it. Yeah. Uh, Seems almost like alien a bit. Yeah. Too, hey? Yeah. Because of that. Yucky. Creeps. Creeps. Oh, Creep. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Sweet. And that's all I have for you today. Well, that, you know what? That was great. Sometimes we keep them short and sweet. Short and sweet. Do you have anything um, to finish off, off with? Do you remember the is... thing now? No. Oh, I did. Um, The Babes in the Woods. Guys, I don't know. Oh, yes. Also, is it okay to say guys still? I feel like I you say that funny? a lot. You know what's funny? I say it a lot too, but someone the other day was like, oh, I shouldn't say that. And said and like a, more of a all-inclusive word. Yeah. I was like, I like I get it, but also that comes out of my mouth so quickly. Like, guys, it just means people. Yeah. I don't mean men. No, I don't but either. But I think that's how it is taken now. And okay. so, yeah, it's not a word you're supposed to. I don't know. I mean. I think it's okay for our podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to look up the Babes in the Woods thing Yes, so um, folks Listeners If you haven't heard They identified them Recently And uh, it's pretty cool I read a, a short article about it I did post uh, the update On our, our Facebook page uh, If you check it out Radio Face Stories on Facebook Yeah, Babes in the Woods. After nearly 70 years, the remains of the children found in Stanley Park have finally been identified. It was DNA, right? Yeah, so basically this lady named... So Allie Brady spit into a tube in 2020 and got her that DNA test done. Mm -hmm. And it ended up solving one of Vancouver's oldest cold case murders. That's so cool. Uh, And another cold case? Solved. I mean, it took 70 years, guys, but we did it. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, the victims are identified, but I don't think they have a clear idea of what happened, how it happened, but mm-hmm. they know who, who the remains belong to. Right. All right. Well, that's a wrap. My butt hurts. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.